we are going to wrap up our time together with, uh, with our series on being devoted. <clears throat> Today is uh, the final Sunday in this series. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty excited about this because it's something many of us engage in. And at different times in our lives, probably struggle with as well. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we hear about how the believers were devoted to a, to a number of things, and one of them was prayer. And that's what we're going to be looking at today, being devoted to prayer. When Robert Louis uh, Stevenson was a boy, he once mentioned to his mother, Mama, I can't be good without praying. And she asked, well, how do you know that? And he answered, because I've tried. <laughs> and there's another little kid, too, another little guy, uh, one who had been sent to his room because he had been bad. A short time later, he came out and said to his mother, I've been thinking about what I did, and I said a prayer. And she said, that's fine if you ask God to make you good. He will help you. And he replied, oh, I didn't ask him to help me be good. I asked him to help you put up with me. <laughs> so how and when do you pray? How and when do you pray? I don't know about you, but for me, it's usually my eyes are closed as I pray, keep out distractions. If I'm driving, I don't do that. <laughs> because, of course, praying happens in a lot of different ways and different times and moments. So if it... If it comes to you the, the, to impress on your heart to pray and you're driving or something else, keep your eyes open. But uh, for me, when I'm praying, I usually close my eyes and try to clear out all the distractions around me in that way. And when, when, uh, when uh, do I pray? Well, of course, when uh, the moment is needed and at that moment, of course, but on a regular basis as well, too. So that is a connection with God all the time. I trust the same thing for you as well um, in your prayer life. But have, have there been times in your life when you struggled with prayer? When you struggled on, on what to say? i got to be honest with you, with all that's going on in Israel, between Palestine and Israel and Hamas, I struggle in knowing how to pray, the words, and how to pray that. It's God's people. <laughs> God's people that we are with, but then Hamas and Palestine, they are created by God as well, too. And so there's, I guess I, I can kind of imagine myself in the Old Testament watching all this come about as you read some of the moments where Israel went against other enemies and stuff like that. And I can imagine myself back, backing off and watching it and just praying, how would I pray about this situation? So there are moments, I'm sure, that you have that you just don't know the words to say, and you're just kind of stuck just sitting there going, I wish I could express what my heart is, is, is feeling right now, but I don't have the words. Maybe you've been in moments, horrible situations where it's hit you hard, and you just don't know what to say in a prayer, but you know you need to be praying. One person said, God can pick sense out of a confused prayer. And I believe that to be true. Because, of course, Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, 
In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So whenever you come to the throne of grace, when you come to before God and you're praying and then all of a sudden you just stop, you go, I can't express this. The Holy Spirit will intercede for you and will come before God. So as a follower of Jesus, I'm not left to my own resources to cope with problems, even when I don't know the right words to pray. The Holy Spirit prays with, with and for me, and then God answers. With God helping me pray, I don't need to be concerned when I don't have the words to say, and neither do you. Alexander White says, The greatest and best talent that God gives to any man or woman in the world is the talent of prayer. Simply put, prayer is an exchange where we make our requests known and God receives, receives them. And we could do an entire series on prayer alone, and I have actually done a couple of series on preaching series on that. But today, I'm going to be focused on three examples of prayer we see in the life of Jesus. We're going to look at individual prayer. We're going to look at communal prayer and powerful prayer. We're going to see these three types of prayers in the life of Jesus. And I believe that these three types of prayer are accessible to anyone at any time, no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, or even if you're still trying to figure out what this whole Christianity thing is all about. Anyone can participate in prayer. And throughout the life of Jesus, as revealed to us in the Gospels, we see several types of prayer. And the first and possibly the most uh, well-recognized is the practice of individual prayer. Individual prayer. Now, this is when Jesus goes off alone to pray, or, or maybe stops for a moment to pray out loud so others can hear what He's saying. And for many of us, this will be the type of prayer we also practice the most. <laughs> and the good news is Jesus was absolutely committed to His prayer time as well. In uh, the Gospel of Mark, this is very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where He prayed. In this scene, we, we learn a couple of things about the prayer life of Jesus. First of all, there's early prayer. There's early prayer. He got up early in the morning to go pray. From a strategic standpoint, this is important because the beginning of the day is often quiet, normally peaceful, unless you're uh, a parent of a young child that likes to get up in the morning and uh, wants to interrupt the early in the morning that way. But it's usually often, though, that quiet and normal, peaceful moment. And uh, C.S. Lewis says, the moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving it all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And that's what that moment is. When you take that time in the morning and spend time with God in prayer. There aren't a ton of distractions to compete with as you enter into a time of prayer. And morning prayer also helps to set the tone for the day as well. It might even help you feel grounded and maybe even centered upon God. 
Secondly, we see Jesus go off to a solitary place to pray. Again, this is a place where the distractions and interruptions are minimized, and he can focus on prayer. And for Jesus and for many of us, we need to have those places in our lives where we can go to be alone. I trust you have a place like that. You're able to get away from the distractions and anything else that's going on in your life. See, our world is an increasingly busy place, and we need to make the time not only for ourselves, but also for our relationship with God. In the Gospels, Jesus would often go off to a solitary place. Even He seemed to understand that there was only so much He could do in a day's time before He needed to recharge. How many of us here today take time to recharge? Those of you who are here today, you've done it because you're here at church and you're recharging today and being ready for the, the week to come. But how many of us neglect our relationship with God because we have so many other pressing issues to deal with on a day-to-day basis? Life comes at us hard. Things get busy. Other things get pushed out. Martin Luther said, if I should neglect, if I should neglect prayer but a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. I believe that to be true. As we seek to follow the example of Christ throughout our lives, May we be devoted to the practice of individual prayer. Life can be a very difficult and complicated place. And God wants us to come to Him and make our requests, our burdens, our hopes, and our dreams known to Him. As Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We are to do that. We are to give those things over to Him all things, and not to be anxious about anything. So present your requests to God, both individually, but also, too, communally. Communal prayer. It's a gift to pray with others in a community. There is power when we pray together, when we make our requests known together, when we gather together in unity and we pray he hears and He responds. This is, this is the atmosphere that happens on Thursdays when we come and pray over the different requests that have been given to them. It's that experience of coming together and gathering in unity and praying and making those requests known together. It's a wonderful moment. And if you ever want to join in on that and you haven't yet, there's plenty of room. <laughs> plenty of re- prayer requests as well, too, to help pray about. But when, when asked for advice on prayer, listen to what Jesus says. Gospel of Matthew, he says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I imagine many of you are familiar with this passage from Matthew chapter 6, called the Lord's Prayer. Probably many of you have memorized it or at least have heard it enough times that you generally remember how it goes. I can recall days over at Labish Center when a retired pastor by the name of Reverend Gordon Jaffe would lead us in our prayer time, congregational prayer, and at the end of it, he would say, you know, we pray these things in Jesus' name, who taught us to say when we pray, and then he would recite the Lord's Prayer. 
That was when I learned what the Lord's Prayer was and how I could, you know, I was a fairly new Christian, and be able to recite the Lord's Prayer, and it was wonderful having that in my mind. But how many of you have ever thought about the communal nature of this prayer? Did you notice Jesus doesn't instruct us to pray uh, using personal pronouns like my or me, but instead using plural pronouns like our and us. The most famous prayer of all time is is a communal prayer. If not meant to be spoken aloud during fellowship with others, it is certainly meant to be spoken with the fellowship in mind. And as believers, we must remember we are part of a larger community, a a huge family. And for many of us, we think in terms of our Western individualistic mindset, but Jesus instructs us to come out from under that and embrace a larger kingdom mindset. Communal prayer is an opportunity to take our eyes off of ourselves and listen to the requests of others. It's a time we get to share in the suffering and the joy of our church community, whether it be in Bible discussion class, maybe at a coffee shop, uh, gather together on Sunday right here in service. There is power when we pray with one another. Jesus even says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. And I'm sure you've heard these powerful words from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Or two or three come together. If my people, a communal kind of prayer. Prayers, our prayers matter. God hears us when we pray. And finally, throughout the life of Jesus, we see powerful prayers. We see powerful prayers. Since this is a key in in being devoted to prayer, I'm going to spend a little more time on this one little section here. In the life of Jesus, we witness a willingness to go to God with big prayers, powerful prayers, and miraculous requests. Jesus prays at the tomb of Lazarus and then calls him out of the tomb And this dead man walks out of the tomb alive. Powerful, powerful prayer. Prayer is powerful because God is the most powerful being in all of creation. He alone is the one who can answer our requests. Whether we pray individually or communally, we've got to remember who we're praying to. And I think Jesus models this most beautifully in John chapter 17. Now, you can turn to that if you'd like. I'm going to be reading that chapter, or you can just listen to it. But this prayer is broken up into three sections where Jesus prays for Himself in in the first five verses of John 17. Then He prays for His disciples in verses 6 through 19. And then He prays for all of the believers in verses 20 through 26. As you listen to the words or follow along, through the words that Jesus prayed, you hear a confidence and a reverence in Him. You also hear the confidence of one who knows exactly who He's praying to. John chapter 17. Jesus praying, Father, the time has come. Glorify Your Son, that Your Son may glorify You. 
For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those who have given him, all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that Scripture would be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to, the, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Do we pray with this kind of confidence? Do we pray in a way we know who we're praying to and we know He can answer? Or are we going through the motions and doing the thing we know we're supposed to do because that's the way we've always done it before. Prayer can be that way sometimes. We can pray the Lord's Prayer 
by memory because we just know it. But do you pray in a way where you know who you're praying to and what He can do and the confidence you have in Him? If God answered all your prayers this week, would it just change you? Or would it change the world around you? How are you praying? What does it look like to pray powerful prayers? Matt Brown, an evangelist and author, described the following prayers as a way to supercharge our faith. I want to share them with you today, and I think they're very good for us to take with us and be reminded of these kind of prayers that are powerful prayers that we could be praying, and maybe you have prayed. There's the mountain-moving prayers that he describes. Jesus taught, saying in Matthew chapter 17, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. We serve a mountain-moving God, (laughs) a God who does impossible things on a regular basis. And maybe you can give testimony to that, how God has worked in your life, how God has worked in other people's lives that you've been praying for. When is the last time you prayed for something as impossible as moving a mountain? We should regularly pray prayers that are so audacious that only God could accomplish them. Have you gone out on a limb like that before? Praying for a situation? Maybe with just an easy bit of doubt in your mind about it, but you're thinking, "This this is the prayer I need to be praying. God could answer this prayer. Audacious prayers could never be accomplished unless God did something only He could do. Our prayer life should rest far more on the mountain-moving side of the spectrum. (laughs) Be praying those powerful prayers. But here's the thing about these powerful, audacious prayers. They are rarely answered uh, instantaneously. Rarely. They require wrestling and doing business with God over a long period of time. So if you are involved with some kind of powerful mountain-moving prayer and it hasn't come about yet, keep wrestling. Keep praying. The other thing about these mountain-moving prayers is that they retain the possibility of greater disappointment. (laughs) If God answers differently than you're asking... What do you do? What, it, it, disappointment might come. But realizing God knows what He's doing as you pray these powerful prayers. God will honor these kind of prayers, mountain-moving prayers. Then there's the as-long-as-it-takes prayers. As long as it takes. Mark Batterson wrote in one of his books how we need to stop praying ASAP <laughs> as soon as possible. We need to stop uh, praying ASAP prayers and instead start praying late prayers. A-L-A-I-T, as long as it takes. As long as it takes prayers. There's nothing wrong with asking God to move quickly. David prayed that in Psalms. He, he did that a lot. 
But there's a clear precedent from Scripture that God not only works through our prayers, but He also works on us as we pray. So as you're praying for that, 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 that situation in your life, and you keep on praying, you pray for as long as it takes, because not only is God working on that request, but He's working in your life too as you pray. And that probably should be included in those kinds of prayers. Work on my heart too. Help me to change my prayer if this isn't what should be happening. <laughs> but as long as it takes types of prayers. But it often, though, it often means that it takes time, it takes patience, it takes persistence to see the answer come through. The book of Daniel contains a powerful illustration of Daniel praying and fasting for three weeks until an answer is given. The angel of the Lord tells him that as soon as Daniel started to pray, the answer had been given already from heaven, but there was a war in the heavenlies that caused it to take longer to arrive. We often have no clue how much God is at work through our prayers. There's, there's more than what we see there is a spiritual warfare going on, and there's a war in the heavenlies, and there are things happening. As we pray, those prayers are coming to God. God's bringing answers, but apparently sometimes things get delayed. <laughs> but it's in God's timing that is perfect. Jesus actually taught us to pray like this in Luke chapter 18. Jesus tells His disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He goes on to explain the power of persistent prayer. God wants us to always pray and not give up. Just because you prayed for one thing and, well, it didn't happen. Don't give up. Keep on praying. Maybe not that situation has been answered, but don't give up on prayer. Keep on praying. There are other things, other people who need our prayers. We often want instant results from God, but God wants patience and endurance from us. It's difficult to overestimate the biblical importance of patience and endurance in maturing our faith, as long as it takes prayers. Then there's, my God can, but even if He doesn't, prayers. My, my God can, but even if He doesn't. One of the powerful stories from the Bible is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The fiery furnace, they're not bowing down to King Nebuchadnezzar's idol. They miraculously survived, but nearly as surprising is what these, these men of faith taught us before they were thrown in there. Daniel chapter 3 talks about this, and it's written there in verses 16 through 18. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if He does not, we want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. My God can, but even if He doesn't, this can supercharge your prayer life really fast. I know my God is able to do the impossible, but even if He doesn't, I will serve Him and follow Him only. Don't let unanswered prayers cause your faith to dwindle. God is God. He knows what He's doing. He's a loving God. He doesn't change. 
And so as you pray the powerful prayers, <laughs> keep in mind who you're praying to, the one who does not change, the one who knows what's best for us. God is able. And this kind of praying offers supreme submission and faith in God. So if you're going through a life-threatening sickness, as a follower of Jesus, either, either way you win. You pray for healing, or you're going to get healed anyway going to heaven. So all of us who trust in Christ can say as we pray, either way I win. Whatever happens. Then there's the blessing, not cursing prayers. These might be tough. Blessing, not cursing prayers. The Apostle Paul was badly persecuted throughout the, his gospel ministry. He had people who would follow him around to, just to try to stir up dissension, try to harm him and try to shut him down from preaching about Jesus. So it might shock you that it was Paul who told us in Romans chapter 12, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. <laughs> this can supercharge your prayer life as well. Forgive those who've sinned against you and, and pray God's blessing and mercy on those who've persecuted you. Oof. Well, that first part's kind of difficult. Forgive them who's persecuted. Okay. But pray for them as well, too, for God to bless them? Whoa. Whoa. Not only will God's presence cover you as you do this, but these kinds of prayers honor God greatly. Even your greatest enemy, someone who has hurt you deeply, forgive as often as needed and pray God's blessing and mercy on them. I'm sure Paul didn't try to spend time with those who wanted to harm him. <laughs> Probably didn't have pie and coffee very much with those kind of people. But he still, with God's strength, forgave and prayed blessings on them. Have you taken that step at all? That's a tough one to take. Our, our ability to let things go and bless others will keep unforgiveness from hindering our prayer life. Then there's the according to God's will prayers. According to God's will prayers. In 1 John chapter 5, we read that this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. According to His will. We can pray according to God's will but by, by praying God's Word. If we want our prayers to be powerful, we need to learn to pray the promises in God's Word back to Him. And there are many promises from God in the Bible. Interestingly, though, when we read the biblical prayers that the first followers of Jesus wrote in Scripture, they are so much different than what, what many believers pray today. They are from such a different perspective. They are concerned with very different things than maybe what concerns us. Listen to one of the prayers uh, Paul prayed for the church in, in Colossae. He said, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will 
through all the, uh, through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience in giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of God, uh, kingdom of light. Wow, what a prayer found in Colossians chapter 1. According to God's will prayers, we need to be reminded as we pray, God's will be done. So there's the mounting, moving prayers. There are as long as it takes prayers. There's my God can, but even if He doesn't prayers. There's a blessing, not cursing prayers. According to God's will prayers, they're all very powerful prayers that can grow us in Christ, that can take our faith deeper in Him. What would happen if we prayed bigger, bolder prayers like these? What would happen in our, our life, our walk with Christ? What would happen if even one of your big, bold, audacious prayers were answered? <laughs> what if the Creator of the universe heard and responded specifically to your prayers? And maybe He has, and you have wonderful testimony about that. We need to be praying powerful prayers. And there's nothing wrong for praying for the sore arm or the, 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 the bumped little toe or whatever, and not to make light of people going through health issues or something like that. But what about the powerful prayers of, and bring this person not only with this sore hand, but bring this person to your, to your presence, Lord, and fill him, fill her with your spirit. That person will proclaim your goodness to other people around them. Not only just praying for that one need, we have those in our bulletin, but to go even further and pray a prayer that is powerful prayer upon that person or that situation. We need to be praying powerful prayers. So where do we start in improving our prayer life? Where do we start in trying to Make that better. Well, there are a few things I can share with you. First of all, be deliberate in private. Be deliberate in private. Make your private time with the Lord a priority. It should go without saying, as far as praying. It should be like breathing in, breathing out. And as a Christian, we should be praying. But, you know, like I said, life gets busy and life pushes things out. And pretty soon we go, whoa, I haven't... I haven't prayed in the last couple of days. I need to be praying. We need to make that a priority. Make it more than just devotions. Make it a time of devotion between you and your Lord. And remember to be deliberate in it. For to fail the plan is a plan to fail, and you can't afford to fail in the area of prayer. <laughs> we need to be praying people and make it a priority. Another thing I can share with you is an acronym called PUSH. Maybe you've heard it before. Basically, pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. With that mindset, you keep on praying 
bringing it to the Lord until something happens. Either He changes the situation, He answers the prayer, He changes you, He, he, he works in the situation, whatever, until something happens. Just pray until something happens. And then use the opportunities that are available to you. There are opportunities here at the church. Of course, we've got the prayer chain, and many of you have made use of that, and I'm thankful that you have. It allows every one of us to be able to be praying for one another. And if you need uh, that prayer through our congregation and others extended from us as well too, make use of that. Just text me what that might be, or call me what that might be, and we'll get the prayer chain going if you want to have that happen. I will ask you if you want the prayer chain happening because sometimes you give me a prayer request and I'm not sure what you want me to do with that because we got a Thursday prayer group and we also have a prayer chain. So uh, I, I, I might ask you about that. But prayer chain is available. And of course, our Thursday prayer gathering that we have, make yourself available to that. And I know time-wise it might not work for you. I understand that. But if you have that day open, being able to come and pray with us, um, we've got plenty of room for you to join us in prayer. It's well known that the early church, the one we read about in Acts, experienced unprecedented growth, incredible success, and incredible transformation as a result of their devotion to the cause. I have to believe that prayer was a huge part of all that was accomplished. And I believe prayer is as imperative today as it was then. We need to be praying people, praying people to a God who loves us and wants the best for us. Many of us are devoted to all kinds of things that don't really matter in the end. Social media accounts, trying to keep up with Facebook or Instagram or whatever else, social media stuff. Maybe trying to keep up with our favorite shows. Don't want to miss an episode. We'll DVD it or whatever, DVR it or whatever, and we can watch it later on demand. Maybe keeping up with our favorite sports teams, sports events, hobbies. All these things aren't all bad. As I list those, they're not all bad. But it is a problem when we trade these things for times of individual, communal, and powerful prayer. Don't let anything get in the way of your prayer life. But what if you simply exchanged 10 to 15 minutes a day this coming week for prayer? What if you connected with some others who wanted to pray together once a month or once a week in our Thursday prayer groups? What if that were to happen? If you took 10, 15 minutes from something else to be able to take time in prayer. As with all of the practices we've looked at through this series of devoted if we want to experience deeper relationships and greater transfer, transformations, we have to be intentional with our time and our energy. So as we've gone through these different things that the church was devoted to, it's going to take time. It's going to take your energy to do the same thing, to be devoted to them as well. My prayer is that you've been challenged. My prayer is that you've been encouraged through this time of looking at uh, what, what the early church was devoted to. Most of all, I pray you take a small step of faith that you be intentional and that you become just a little more devoted to the faith, going deeper with your relationship with Christ. 
That's my prayer. And speaking of prayer, let's pray. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to, speaking to us about prayer. And my prayer, Lord, is that each one of us here will, will take the challenge of, of, of improving our prayer life individually, communally, uh, powerfully, as we pray powerful prayers. Lord, that you would help us enrich our prayer life. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts about this. And if there's something that we need, to, need you to work on in our lives, Lord, I pray that we'd be open to that today. Lord, that you just continue to speak to our hearts about the many different things that you have for us. Lord, I pray that you help us all to have a deeper commitment and a deeper passion for prayer in our lives. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you've done and what you're about to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.